All right, what is the ghost in the machine? Interesting question. Let's talk about it with David Sirota. He's the founder and editor in chief of The Lever. He was a former speechwriter for Bernie Sanders and Oscar nominated for Don't Look Up. Not a big deal, though. Not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so, David, first, obviously, before we get into the political talk, uh, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Are you uh, psyched about that? Uh, yeah. You know, anytime I see my old uh, Phillies, Philly teams uh, uh, get ahead, I'm I'm super psyched. So, uh, fly Eagles, fly, baby. All right, all right. You and um, um, who's your famous friend that you played little league with? Uh, I played Little League with Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, that's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I think Bradley Cooper, I think David Sirota. Uh, but these days I actually do. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, all right. Uh, you wrote an article called The Partisan Ghost in the Media Machine. Um, tell the good folks at home what you mean by that. Look, I think we live in a world where uh, the way that media covers issues, uh, and, I, and whether it's corporate media or right-wing media, uh, it covers issues in a way where issues don't rise to the level of quote-unquote newsworthiness unless media outlets perceive the facts being reported to serve their uh, their what they believe is the partisan goals of their audience. So. Fox News will not report typically a very tough story about Donald Trump. And MSNBC will not usually report a tough story about Joe Biden. And it's because, in my view, they believe that there's no reward from their audience for doing so. And the problem with this is that news should be news, facts should be facts. And I, and I wrote this in relation to reporting that we had done on Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. We at The Lever had broke open a series of stories about how Buttigieg did not listen to Democratic politicians, Democratic elected officials demands that he actually use his power to regulate the airlines. And this got a huge amount of attention on right wing media. Uh, and it got almost, for a while at least, almost no attention uh, from uh, corporate media, I guess what bills itself as left of center media, MSNBCs of the world. Uh, and it was bizarre in the sense that it should be news that the Secretary of Transportation hasn't used his power to regulate airlines after basically an airline meltdown. That should be news across the spectrum. But because of the way media is now organized, it was only news for a while in the right wing media sphere, not because the, the right wing wants the airlines uh, uh, better regulated, uh, but because uh, the right wing media saw a way to go after a Democrat. Meanwhile, for lots and lots of liberals who were hooked up to corporate media, uh, left of center media, if you want to call it that, uh, although they're, they're a little bit different. Uh, a lot of those folks didn't see this news and these revelations at all. And the problem with this is that not only is there a siloing where we're not talking about the same set of verifiable facts, but it ends up insulating politicians from pressure from their own side. Right, so we'll use the Buttigieg example as a good one. A good one. Pete Buttigieg got to basically tweet through the Southwest Airlines debacle and the like, knowing 
that the people he wants to respond to the most, kind of Democratic voters, lots of Democratic voters didn't hear much of the reporting about what he could have and should have done. So it insulates public officials, this kind of partisan tribalism in media insulates public officials from scrutiny and pressure from their own, from their own side. Yeah, so that's a huge problem in 18 different ways. I'm trying to break it down one by one. Uh, the one part of media that is actually honest is uh, progressive news. Now that's easy for us to say because you and I are both progressives and we're in the news business, right? But there's also consequences to that so that when I explain that, I think people will go, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, because since we're tough on Democrats and Republicans, we don't get Democrats or Republicans on the show. Uh, they almost never come on, right? Uh, and then. But since we're honest, we're also tough on our own side, progressives. And then that pisses them off, right? And so then they don't go on. And so it creates an environment where there's a number of different captures, David, right? There has always been advertisement capture, and that's a category I'll come back to. Now there's audience capture, which is partly what you're alluding to here. But there's also the fact that like, if you're a Democrat and you go on MSNBC, you know you're gonna get nothing but flowers thrown at your feet, right? And if you're a Republican, although Fox has been a little tougher lately, depending on their inclination, you're gonna largely get a very friendly audience from Fox. With us, progressives don't they go, oh, you guys are honest news. Boo, hate honest news, <laughs> right? Look, I'll be here, here's more honesty. Since we criticized Bernie Sanders on $15 minimum wage, Bernie Sanders has never been on the show again, right? Um, we launched AOC on this show, nowhere to be found, right? Maxwell Frost, young progressive, etc., won't go on progressive shows, like. And so, but number one, that's a phenomenon I, I want you to address, and why it makes real news really, really difficult. Because in real news, you're supposed to piss people off. There's a second part to it, but I want you. I want to start there. No, I think that's I think that's a huge part. I mean, listen, um, if you want to, there's one way to get access in news media, which is to is to never ask a tough question, right, and never scrutinize yep. both sides, only scrutinize one side, and you can lose access that way. And I think that's that's the perils of reporting honest news and reporting it honestly. Uh, but I think it's worth doing. I think we we don't have enough of it in this world. I mean, we got we got plenty of 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 news and media that covers one side and ignores the other side, or worships one side and denigrates the other side. There is not a lot of news just about the basic facts, regardless of who they uh, who those facts offend. And again, I, I go back to the idea that it's not just. Um, uh, the ideology of the people at the top of news organizations. It's that there is a symbiotic relationship between what they are putting out and what their audiences are conditioned to demand and expect. I mean, when I'll go back to our Buttigieg story, when we put our Buttigieg story out about uh, regulating the airlines, some of the harshest criticism or, or defense of Buttigieg came from liberals, from from Democratic voters who think that their job is to defend democratic officials not to 
learn information about what's going on in the world and ask who is in charge of the government and why haven't they been doing their job? Because there's lots and lots of, of and this is on both sides, conservatives and liberals who've been conditioned to believe that first and foremost, news is a weapon to use against the other side. It is not a delivery system for information to get results out of the government. It is not information that should be verified and stipulated once it is verified and used to get specific policies out of policy makers. And that's the fundamental problem. It's not necessarily a sort of an evil conspiracy at the top. Uh, just to to force feed folks with this, it's that that's what the audience, in a sense, has been conditioned to expect and demand. I think that's the most damning part of American media that people that the audience now expects you to be biased. So the reason I brought up the people not coming on progressive shows uh, I, is not because like, oh, what was us? I don't care about it at all. Politicians are generally super boring, okay? And I <laughs> some people get obsessed with like, oh my god, they won't come on our show. Good news for you. Don't worry, they're. They're not going to keep anybody's attention. There's your blah 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 standard talking points, etc. I brought it up because it's it's siloing, right? But then there's one extra wrinkle to it, which is that the progressive silo is honest about everything, so then nobody touches it. <laughs> nobody, whether it's going on or taking stories that you break, we break, etc., and bringing attention to it. David, one of the most common things I hear from mainstream Democrats that are critics of ours. Whether they're people that are in media and politics or just randos online that are in that category is. Especially the randos, the real people. They're like, I don't get it. Which side are you on? <laughs> I mean, look at that I mean, expectation. That's, that's, right. I mean, that speaks to it. It's that the expectation now baked in is that somebody is on, uh, that the delivery of news should be news for one side. Uh, as opposed to uh, news is news, facts are facts. Uh, they're important if they are important, regardless of who they make angry. And, and look, I've been asked the question, why do you guys cover uh, the Democrats as much as you cover the Republicans? Well, look, last I checked, the Democrats control uh, the presidency uh, and the US Senate. Uh, they, in a lot of ways, and they control a lot of governorships uh, and, and some legislatures. So if you're focused on, Asking why policies are the way they are, focused on trying to scrutinize policies and ask questions about why those policies haven't changed. You have to ask the people who are in power. You have to ask the people and scrutinize the people who are actually in making the decisions. You can't, in my view, question and scrutinize and hope to change policy and say, well, but one thing, if the people who are making the decisions about policy are Democrats, then we can't ask them any questions. Well, I mean, you can behave like that, but you're not gonna get much change. You're not gonna actually be scrutinizing why things are the way they are. But again, that's how we're conditioned now. It is a truly tribal politics now where for a lot of people out there, not everybody, but for a lot of people out there, information is a way to attack an opponent and defend your side, not necessarily a way to get actual real world policy change that helps millions and millions of people. So David, that, that brings up the vicious cycle. So in the beginning, corporate media, and I'll come back to what I think corporate media means in a little bit. But corporate media trained all of us, including by the way, me when I was growing up, that 
you're supposed to be partisan and you're supposed to do propaganda, right? And so these folks are on this side and the other folks are on the other side and and then you do propaganda for them and that's what news is. So then to your point, the audience got used to it, internalized it and then gets angry if they don't get propaganda, right? They're like, I remember when I criticized Barack Obama early in his term, we were huge supporters of Obama through the primary and the general election, of course. And then I was like, well, I don't think they should do drilling in the Gulf. I don't know why he authorized that. That's a disastrous idea. Of course, the BP Gulf disaster happened literally three weeks after that. But we lost a ton of members and the paying subscribers. Like, I don't get it. I thought you were on Obama's side. No, we're on the side of truth. And that actually right. is a foreign concept now because the media trained its audience so well that they now can't cross their own audience by doing actual news. Well, and and there's there's even one one layer deeper than that, which is sometimes when you report a substantive good story about one of the sides and the other side's media reports it, then the original side cites the other side's media reporting it as proof that it shouldn't be reported. Example. Again, I go back to the Buttigieg story. We report that that story about how he did not use his power to regulate the airlines in the lead up to the meltdown of the of the airlines over the holidays. It gets picked up by Fox News, a lot of right wing media. That then gets cited by liberals. Hey, that's just a Fox News story, so it can't be real. That's just a right wing media story, so that's proof that it can't be real. That's proof that it's just a politicized propaganda. Right, so it like the way this all works, actually in multiple layers, multiple levels, serves to ensconce each side in its own bubble, without actually discussing the facts at hand. And and to me, that's that again. I go back to to the fact that that's the big problem. That what this system serves. Are the most powerful people in the world. The decision makers who don't want to be held accountable by their own side, they love the way this works. 100%. And there's unwritten rules about how the one set of folks that cannot be criticized by either side, of course, are corporations, donors, right, very right. wealthy, etc. We're going to come back to that. But you, to your point about Fox News, Fox News does more stories about me than any other outlet, easily. Okay. And why? Because uh, I criticize Democrats often. And so now, if you watch Fox News, uh, not watch it, but read it, they do a lot of articles as opposed to on air. And I'll tell you why that is the case in a second as well. Um, you would think, oh, Jake might be a right winger. And if you're a mainstream person watching mainstream media, and the only time you ever see me in the news is in a Fox News article or a Fox News segment or something, you might think, oh, that guy's a right winger. All he does is criticize Democrats. What they have no idea is I criticize the right wing and Republicans 10,000 times more, right? Well, probably more than anybody in the country, but they literally never see it, <laughs> right? right? And so, right. And, and, and now there's an extra layer of irony because the MSNBC and the CNNs of the world, since I criticize the establishment so much, don't want to publicize me doing anything, even in attacking Republicans. So MSNBC is like, no, 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 no. Don't give that guy any airtime, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So then you come out with this insane, like through the looking glass uh, version of people, 
where Nina Turner, for example, who is similar phenomenon as, as us, right? A progressive just like us, etc. Or me, both of us, when we run for Congress, we're painted as right-wingers. And it resonates with Democratic voters. Like, oh yeah, those are the guys who criticize Democrats. They must be Republicans. Right. If they watch one minute that Young Turks are on Boss, which is Nina's new show on our network, they'd be like, whoa, this is not what I expected at all. It's That's right. That's right. It creates a, a, a false image of who people are, which what outlets, uh, what their values are. I mean, that's what I, what I really go back to, which is, look, we do values-based uh, uh, reporting in the sense that what I mean by that is we're, we do not hide what our values are. But we make very clear that we have a set of values that we believe in. We report fairly. We report accurately. We fact check. We include links to all of our uh, to the source material for all of our uh, our stories, so that readers themselves can go take a look at whether or not we're telling the truth. We do all of that, and we are transparent about who we are and why uh, and what our values are. You cannot say the same for corporate media. I mean, corporate media has all sorts of values, and and frankly, I don't begrudge uh, any media outlet. For having values, a value system, because I don't believe that there is such a thing as pure objectivity. The minute you decide one story is a story and another story is not a story, that's not an that's not a, you've lost your objectivity. That's subjective. That's inherently human. And my point is, is is that corporate media typically simply does not disclose, does not make clear, does not tell the reader, is not transparent about what its values are. I mean, you can read between the lines and. And 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 insinuate what what the values are, uh, but they it doesn't come out and say that, and that's what makes I think a lot of corporate media content uh, extremely insidious. There is a value system there. Uh, there is a viewpoint. There's a very ideological viewpoint. Uh, for instance, an example: so much of the inflation debate in corporate media is about uh, how it's allegedly higher wages that are doing that are that have created the uh, the inflation problem. It doesn't happen to be true. Uh, we know from the data that uh, corporate profits and price hikes and the like are are the are, are what's really going on here. Uh, effectively, companies using their market power to simply jack up prices. But if you pay attention to corporate media, what you get typically is is that uh, this is workers demanding too much uh, in wages. Uh, people have apparently uh, the regular working people have too much money to spend, which is allegedly creating the the inflation situation. Uh, point being. Corporate media sells that narrative because corporate media is corporate and has a corporate set of values, even though the language that it uses, the, the packaging of the news content that it presents does not admit to those values. Yeah, so that leads to a bunch of points that we often make on the show that are in my new book, Justice is Coming. Uh, so number one, what corporate media does is it privileges its own bias. It says my bias is objective, but and I'm going to be dishonest about it. I'm not going to tell you I have a bias. I'm going to tell you my pro corporate position is the objective position, and that is the the gold standard. And all of your other non corporate positions are awful and biased and radical. Okay, and it's a great <laughs> illusion, right? It's just the best sleight of hand you've ever seen. And David, my definition of corporate media. Is mainstream media plus right wing media because it's really good cop, bad cop, right? So 
you take the example you gave or any of the other examples. So, but in the one that you gave, for example, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we did a story about it. Inflation was caused by about three or seven percent based on higher wages and about 58% based on corporate profits, right? You guys look up the actual numbers yourselves, but it's in that ballpark, right? And I've never once seen that on Fox News, and that's obvious, right? They're not gonna support the workers, they're gonna pretend the workers are the problem and that corporations are awesome. But I've also never once seen that on CNN or MSNBC. On all three, all of a sudden, all the culture wars go on unabated. But when it comes to economic issues, they all agree it's the goddamn workers' fault, right? Student debt, Stephanie Rule on MSNBC, 12 shows on Fox News, but but honestly, half a dozen shows on MSNBC and CNN, all saying, oh, student debt's outrageous, unacceptable, irresponsible, will lead to higher inflation, etc. So isn't it funny that on economic issues, not only do they agree all the time, I'm not sure I've ever seen them really. There's a couple of outstanding cases where they have fake disagreements, like the debt ceiling. They all know that they're gonna lift the debt ceiling, They so they participate in that theater, right? But on 90% of economic issues, they all agree. Absolutely, and that's because, and I think your characterization is right. Elite legacy, mainstream media, if you wanna call it that, and right-wing media are, part of a larger world of corporate media and corporate media is corporate and corporate media is not going to typically represent the views of anything that isn't corporate. I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, if you think about, I mean, just not, not to pick, pick on MSNBC only, but MSNBC is considered the democratic media outlet. It's owned by a giant corporation, Comcast, that has all sorts of interests, all sorts of, of agendas. It's lobbying Washington all the time, and I want to be clear. I'm not saying that there are suits in in Comcast twisting their mustaches in a dark, smoky room, telling editors, telling producers what to what to do, what not to do on a day to day basis. But everyone who works in that organization, and everybody who works in corporate media, knows who they work for. They know what the the, the the culture is. I mean, that is the, that is what culture actually is. Culture are all the decisions, all the assumptions, all the presumptions that are made inside of an organization that don't even have to be said explicitly because it is the culture, and that is the culture of corporate media. And so I, I do think that for some folks, a lot of folks in, in that ecosystem, it's almost invisible. It's like the, the 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 you know the old David Foster Wallace speech that we've talked about, where there's two fish in water. One fish swims up to the other fish and says, "How do you, uh, water's warm today?" And the other fish says, I, "What's water?" Point being, they're all surrounded in that culture, so it, it's not something they necessarily even even notice. So and I think you know, for, for those of us who who don't live in that culture, it can seem outrageous, but it's almost in in a sense, it's almost imperceptible to those a lot of folks who are inside of it. That's funny you say invisible because I was just about to say, again, in the book, and I say it's coming out, but it's coming out in September. Let's keep it real. But if you do want to order, we'll put a link down below, tyt.com slash justice. Anyway, in the book, I call it the, I say the same exact thing as you. There's no conspiracies, there's no smoke filled rooms. It's the invisible hand of the market. The people at the top are incredibly wealthy and they are financed, their organizations, news organizations are financed by. Largely advertising, right? And so it is corporate executives that get money from other corporate executives. So who do they hire? They hire publishers, editors, etc. that are very friendly to corporate 
view of the world. But they don't know that they're doing this. Some of them might know, but a lot of them are just thinking, well, that's a good guy. I like that guy. That guy thinks just like I do, right? And then they hire reporters and on air anchors that think just like they do. So when you do the Buttigieg story, or we do a Buttigieg story during the election, Jonathan Larson covered him, broke a great number of stories about how his time as mayor was just disastrous and African Americans in uh, in his uh, town it couldn't stand him, right? And we would get feedback from mainstream media, we're not covering that because you guys are biased. So <laughs> they take their own bias that Buttigieg must be an angel. They see actual reporting, whether he's blowing it on the planes and not regulating them, it's so obvious. Your reporting was so clearly true, indisputably true, or his record in, in Indiana. And they go, well, it's true, but since we're so biased, we think you're biased, we won't report the truth. Well, that's that, right. That's yeah. how the system works. I mean, that's how, that is how the system works to normalize its views. Now, I think there is a silver lining here. I think more and more people, and you and I have discussed this, more and more people don't trust corporate media. I mean, I think the latest polls show it's a trust in 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 traditional legacy media is at an all time low. Now, look, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, there's historical reasons. People remember being lied into the Iraq War, lied into the deregulation policies that created the financial crisis. I mean, we could go over lie sort of these epic giant lies that ruined millions of lives. I think there's been an effort, a really a kind of cynical effort by particularly conservatives to demonize not just corporate media, but to demonize journalism. And I think that's really insidious and and in bad faith in a lot of ways. So, but I also think that part of the reason why people don't trust corporate media is because they sense the viewpoint. They sense a viewpoint that is out of step with what a real mainstream viewpoint is. And they sense that that what's being portrayed as the center, as a mainstream set of viewpoints by corporate media is actually not anywhere near the center, is actually in many cases a kind of elitist mentality. And people don't like that and they can sense it. 100%. I hate to be a broken record, but in the book, I talk about how the right wing lost their mind because they knew, well, whatever is true, I know what that mainstream media is lying to me. Like, I don't, I'm not sure what's true, okay, but I know what's not true. So they keep telling me that these politicians are wonderful and honest and great and having real debates. And then for millions, billions of dollars given to them in campaign contributions isn't bribery, isn't corruption. These are honorable gentle, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And they're like, well, that ain't true, okay? So now, and that's why they went looking for answers. And when people are lost and they're looking for answers, it's a target rich environment for con men. And a bunch of con men, including the greatest con man in, Amer con man in American history, Donald Trump, showed up and led them astray. And I lay that completely at the feet of corporate media. So I'm gonna ask one last thing, because we're way out of time. Um, and, and by the way, when our reporters are in the field, and our crews are in the field, they and talking to Republicans at Trump rallies, other Republican rallies, they all universally say that their starting point was how much they despise mainstream media, right? And so, but no one on mainstream media will say that because it's about them. 
<laughs> right? So they're That's never, right. ever, ever going to be honest about that. I'm gonna give a random shout out because we're out of time to Ro Khanna because he's the one guy that'll go on every kind of media and will actually open answer questions. The one decent politician in terms of honesty and transparency there. Anyways, but the, the question though is, David, I think it also affects the people at the top who make these decisions that trickle down in their organizations. The fact that those politicians are massive advertisers to them. In the 2022 election, they spent $17 billion in media. And so that made, you know, that, that sustains and makes those media organizations, news organizations, super profitable. So are you gonna bite the hand that feeds you? So when you have a correct story about Pete Buttigieg, but they know that Pete Buttigieg is going to be he himself when he runs for president the next time is going to be a giant advertiser funneling perhaps hundreds of millions of dollars to them. Are they really going to criticize that guy? Well, you know, I I'm not, I don't know if it works that in such a linear fashion, but I, I can say this. We know that there is a vested financial interest in media not covering the entire concept, the entire topic of money and politics. Money in politics is money that goes on TV largely. So Look, the National Association of Broadcasters is the main trade association lobbying group for the giant television stations. They lobby all the time on campaign finance issues, disclosure issues, dark money issues and the like. Point being is that they're not some objective actor. They're, they're, they're actually, and they're not some small player in the game. They're, they're a huge player that is making a huge amount of money. So. Again, I, I'm not sure it's as specific as I know Pete Buttigieg is gonna be a big advertiser and so we're gonna go easy on Pete Buttigieg. I think it's, we're not really interested in talking and covering and reporting on the entire issue of money in politics and corruption because money going into politics makes its way to the television stations, the news outlets. Uh, that the corporate, the corporations that own the news outlets. It's a huge, it's not some small revenue stream for them. It is a huge revenue stream for them. Why would they want to cover questions and or scrutinize the money in politics that is ultimately flowing to them? 100%. And I agree with you, most of the time it's not linear, certainly not at the reporter level. Or the, or even the anchor level, where they think, oh, Buttigieg is going to get me my salary. No, they don't think like that. Okay, but sometimes at the management level, it is linear. Uh, David Schuster, uh, another great progressive in news, and now part of the TYT network, told a story on this show where he was at a local news station, had a story about money and politics, obvious corruption. The the general manager of the news station said, David, look around uh, to the news floor. He said, money and politics paid for all of that. So we're not doing that story. That's an honest admission. At least I'm, I'm sad that whatever he was going to report didn't get on the air, but it's an honest admission. Yeah, which I appreciate. And that is a hell of a story. And whether they admit it like that or they don't, that's definitely part of what's going on here. So uh, I hope we've depressed you guys enough uh, <laughs> <laughs> that there were barely any honest news in America and most of the news industry is disguised propaganda. Well, good night and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jake. I appreciate it. Absolutely, David. Everybody check out the lever, one of the great uh, honest uh, reporting organizations in America.